0: All righty, what's going on? Happy uh, Monday to you. Welcome to the program. Happy President's Day for all you presidents out there and all who celebrate. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at the dot com. And you can also find me on the Twitter machine where I am uh, called uh, at Pete Calendar. I mean, it's basically my name with an at sign in front of it. It's very easy to to find me. A little too easy, as my stalkers have uh, have proven over the years. Um, so uh, I did not I did not have on the bingo card an Eritrean truck burning um, in Charlotte. Did not have that one on my card for the weekend. I'll get into that later. Um, so I have not been following the uh, uh, this this trial, but it uh, it wrapped up last week and there was a ridiculous finding by the court against the uh, defendant or the defendants actually and it just it, it just makes me wonder like what exactly is the point of these courts now in these very blue cities these very liberal cities because I mean, other, I mean, other than political weaponry, that's what it seems like. Of course, yes, I'm talking about Mark Stein, All right? No, who do you think I was talking about? Is there so? No, what's interesting is that the 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 case law that is going to get challenged now, based on this defamation case, actually does have a connection to some degree. With the Donald Trump stuff. I will get to it. I will get to it all. I got to start, though, <clears throat> because Mark Stein posted this on his uh, on his website, steinonline.com. And for folks who remember, Mark Stein was a frequent fill-in host for Rush Limbaugh. And Rush died three years ago Saturday. It's been three years, February 17th, and Stein posted on his, uh, his website that he was pottering because he's from Canada, um, and he's got that accent, you know. And he says, I was pottering about, about getting ready to guest host the Rush Limbaugh show three years ago when the telephone rang. It was Craig Kitchen, his longtime friend and head of the network that distributed his show calling to break the news that Rush had died earlier that morning. Post-Limbaugh talk radio seems smaller to me than it once did. Not just because Rush had a big personality, but because he managed to fit the flotsam and jetsam of the news cycle into the big picture. Whatever topic he'd alight on, he would enlarge and connect to the great coursing currents of the age. He was always incredibly. uh, He was also rather incredibly naturally funny. I have nothing against any of his successors up and down the dial, but on the rare occasions I switch on the radio in his time slot, it is not the same. I would add, how could it be? That's right. It will never be the same. It can't be. Um. He then goes on to later in the post say that a couple of weeks back in the witness box of the D.C. Superior Court. I was asked by the lawyer for Michael E. Mann. Do you know who Michael Mann is? Does the name ring a bell? How about this? The hockey stick chart. Remember that? It's been a while. It was the chart. It looks like a hockey stick that's flat, like laying down horizontally. And then it like shoots up, which is sort of the blade side of the hockey stick. And it's, it was in the, the IPCC, the UN's uh, uh, climate change report, back in, what, oh nine or something, 2010, somewhere around there. And it has been used to catastrophize and proselytize on global warming ever since. And Michael Mann has sued various people over the last years, Mark Stein being one of them. For defamation. And in a courtroom last week, a jury in Washington, D.C. awarded man damages for defamation because Mark Stein, I think, filled in for Rush Limbaugh. I think that's what happened. Because the facts of the case were not on man's side at all. Not one bit case had gone on uh, at trial for about two weeks. Mark Stein was his own attorney. By the way, Mark Stein has suffered three heart attacks in the last, like, two years. Three different heart attacks. Um, And this is kind of what Michael Mann does. He is, he's just an awful person. I'll probably get sued by him, too. Um, He seems like an awful person. He, ha- and I've got I, I have gone through, I've got the reports here from the uh, court case where, I mean, he, he uh, was forced to acknowledge on the stand at this trial, it was a civil trial, uh, defamation case. He had to acknowledge that he spread rumors about a woman, a colleague in the field, and accused her of essentially sleeping her way to the top. This is a, a renowned academic. Her name is uh, uh, Judith Curry. She comes out of the uh, Georgia Tech. She's a professor emeritus there now. But he, this is what Michael Mann does to anybody that would, uh, that would question and uh, review and criticize his, his work, his hockey stick graph. And there are a whole bunch of problems with it, a whole bunch of problems. And all of this came out in the, the trial, too. Yet still the jury awarded Michael Mann a million dollars in punitive damages. You know how much they awarded him for actual damage? A dollar. It makes no sense. And the other guy that was his co-defendant, a fellow by the name of Rand Simberg, who Mark Stein quoted in a blog post back in 2012, that's how long it has taken for this thing to get to court. And in the entire decade... Michael Mann has never been able to bring somebody forward to prove that he suffered actual damage. In fact, his career only has grown to higher and higher heights as opposed to lower heights. Right. uh, Would those even be heights at that? Well, I guess it could be for anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that he is, uh, he's flown all around the world, you know, killing the planet to save it. Um, You know, he's, he's, he's palling around with Bill Clinton and, Al Gore and such he was in Inconvenient Truth Al Gore's documentary right that which really publicized the the hockey stick graph but he's we're supposed to believe that he suffered real damage you know what his evidence was for this there are two pieces number one I'm not kidding you number one there was a guy at a grocery store that looked at him and Michael Mann said he looked at him with a mean look didn't say anything that was it, just a look. Gave Michael Mann a look at a grocery store. And it, it so affected Michael Mann because this was our time. I would go shopping with my daughter and my wife, and it was our f- weekly family excursion to the Wegmans. Like First off, now I know you're a psychopath. If you enjoy going to the grocery store, now I know you're a psycho, right? Because no guy <laughs> enjoys doing that. Oh, but this was a family time. And then, of course, he says he had to stop doing it. He, did, he, he said his wife would then start do, uh, going grocery shopping, and it was just never the same and all that. He never acknowledged, by the way, that he never went to the grocery store again with his family. He didn't say that. He said just over the next few years when his daughter, you know, when she it wasn't cool to hang out with mom and dad anymore. So that was the reason. And by the way, the daughter at the time of the mean look was like six. And by the time she got old enough to not think mom and dad was cool, was like another five, six years after that. And so we're expected to believe that this was a real damage inflicted upon Michael Mann because some random guy looked at him with a mean look in a grocery store. And Mann has no idea whether or not it had anything to do with what was written about him in a blog post. That was the first piece. The second one was he claimed that uh, uh, the Penn State University got... Less grant money after the publication of the blog post. You know what the blog post came after also? The ClimateGate emails. Remember those? From East Anglia University. Remember that? Where we got all these emails that were like, oh, hey, there's like all this coordination and shenanigans going on behind the scenes that were leaked out by somebody in the process. Right? That was in East Anglia. And then Michael Mann started savaging everybody, and nobody wanted to work with him. Could that be why your grant money dried up? But here's the thing. He then parlayed all of this into a job promotion at University of Pennsylvania, at UPenn, at an Ivy League school. He has not suffered any damages whatsoever. But a jury still said yes, a million dollars. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? There's a uh, there's a if you are interested by the way in hearing uh in-depth coverage of the Mark Stein trial. There is a podcast called Cli- or there's a website called climatechangeontrial.com. There you will find the podcast. It is hosted by Ann McElhaney. McElhenney, McEl- McElhenney. I, I never know how to pronounce her name. I've actually interviewed her and Phelim McElear. They are Irish. Ann McElhaney and Phelim Mcleer. I think they're married. Um, Anyway, they these two did the Gosnell movie with Nick Cersei, North Carolina's own Nick Cersei. He was uh Chief Deputy Marshal uh in Justified, in the movie or in the T V series Justified. He was uh he was the uh the guy that got killed in uh Fried Green Tomatoes, I believe. No, not Fried Green Tomatoes. No, what was it? Yeah, no, that's what it was. No, was it wasn't. Yeah, I think no, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, Nick Cersei, he's uh, uh, he's an actor, and uh, he was he played one of the characters. I think he was a lawyer in the Gosnell movie. So these two, um, they actually know Mark Stein. They they were at the trial, covering the trial, and they did something on their podcast, which I thought was really cool. They actually got transcripts, court transcripts, after the close of the court each day, and then they would hand them off to actors. So they highlighted the parts because they were in the courtroom, so they could, they, they would know, like make notes about, here's what we want as a soundbite, basically. And then they had actors come in and read the parts. So it was basically like a, a court transcript being read, but it, they cut out a lot of the extraneous stuff. Um, so it was easy to follow, but they have a bias because they are friends with Mark Stein. And when you listen to the coverage, and I was I listened to this podcast over the course of the weekend, there's only like 14 episodes or so. and I just listened to the, the podcast, it gave every indication that this thing was this thing was going very well for the defendants, Mark Stein and Rand Simberg. So the jury dis- or a decision at the very end of it just like shocked everybody. A Washington, D.C. jury ordered conservative pundit Mark Stein to pay $1 million in punitive damages to climate scientist Michael Mann, determining that he was defamed in a 2012 blog post on National Review's website. The jury also ordered science writer Rand Simberg to pay Mann $1,000 in punitive damages. All right, so Simberg, he's got to pay $1,000, Stein has to pay a million. Why the difference? Well, as Stein mentions in his piece, he was asked, when he took the stand, he was asked by Michael Mann's attorneys whether or not he'd ever been on Fox News. And he said, yeah, but I haven't been on in years. I was, you know, I would do like two, three-minute hits, and he mentioned something about some like, he was brought on to talk about, like, dog sweaters or something because he's kind of a comedian and then whatever. And he's like, and I just decided I don't want to do this anymore. So he hasn't been on Fox News in a long time. And then he was asked um, whether or not he had guest-hosted for Rush Limbaugh. And he said yes. And some trial observers, he says, seemed to think that that was the moment when the D.C. lefties on the jury determined – to convict me of whatever they could. Here's what he actually said. Um, John Williams, the attorney for Michael Mann, asks Mark Stein, uh, have you guest hosted for Rush Limbaugh? And he said, quote, Stein replied, quote, till his dying day. Till his dying day. Yeah. So he refused to what? to betray his friend. He refused to say, oh, no, you know, to minimize it or, you know, downplay it or whatever. He refused to do it. And maybe that's what did it to him. Maybe that was why the jury said, you know what? This is a right winger. Also, the, uh, the lawyer for Michael Mann was admonished by the court during closing arguments, which is very rare because he said that to the jurors that you should you should not only punish Mark Stein and Rand Simberg, but you should also use them to serve as an example to prevent others from acting in the same manner. Quote, these attacks on climate science have to stop, and now you have the opportunity. And the Superior Court judge had been telling this lawyer throughout the entire trial that climate change, climate science, is not the subject of this case. It is a defamation case. But that's what Mann and his attorney wanted to make it, was about climate change. And maybe they were successful. The email is pete at com, and uh, on Twitter at Pete Calliner. So speaking to the D.C. jury, the attorney for Michael Mann, the creator of the hockey stick chart, compared people who deny the reality of climate change science to people who deny that Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election. All right? So trying to make it obviously political, to make it about something other than whether or not Michael Mann was in fact defamed. I heard no evidence that he was actually defamed. And by the way, what was it that Stein and Simberg said that so defamed Michael Mann? Well, they, they called his chart a fraud, which scientists actually were saying at the time. People who were trying to uh, reverse engineer his data and were you know, doing what could only be considered to be his peer review of his work, they were saying this stuff. So that's not a defamation uh, proof. So what, what else was there? Ah, do you remember something else was happening at... Penn State University, back in the early 2010s. Do you remember this? 2009, 2010 time frame. Do you remember? How about the football program? Ring a bell? Yeah, now it does, right? Jerry Sandusky, right? The the assistant football coach who was convicted for raping middle uh, middle school boys that had come to the college campus for. Uh, like camps and stuff, and Penn State University covered it up. Penn State University did uh, 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 an investigation, quote unquote. They told Sandusky who the victim was, so then he could, you know, lean on the victim. And then they cleared Sandusky of all of this, and so and of course the the president of the university, what was his name, Sanya, Sonia, or something? I forget. Um, uh, he ended up going to prison, along with Sandusky, when authorities got involved, when the state attorney general was like, whoa, 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 what is going on here? He went to prison for aiding and abetting, right, covering up. So um, the original blog post by this guy, Rand Simberg, said that. Penn State University's investigation of Michael Mann and his hockey stick graph was as corrupted and corrupt as its investigation into Sandusky. He drew an analogy between the two investigations, and he, he equated Sandusky to Michael Mann and vice versa, saying Michael Mann tortured and uh, manipulated or molested the the data. Mark Stein then quoted Simberg, and in the quote, he says, well, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but the investigation by Penn State, yes, was not to be believed for the very reasons that if they're willing to lie about Sandusky, why wouldn't they lie about something as as minimal as this chart, you know? Like, you're, you are willing to cover up child rape. If you're willing to do that, you would have no compunction about covering up some flawed and manipulated data. Yet, yet Mark Stein got nailed with a million-dollar punitive damage award, and the guy who wrote the more, I would say, egregious defamation, if that's what the jury determined it to be, he only got a $1,000 fine. Why is that? Man supporters were also hoping that the jury would help to muzzle skeptics of climate science. Kate Sell, a senior campaign manager at the Union of Concerned Scientists, which is a leftist group, um, their work includes tracking dissent in the field because that's what scientists are supposed to do is to track all of the scientists that don't agree with you. That's the scientific method, I believe, is what they call that. Um, she and others were hoping for man to, quote, reduce the comfort and regularity of with which those who do not accept climate change science speak and speak very nastily about climate scientists. So they were hoping to have a chilling effect, which, by the way, Michael Mann does. You can check out his Twitter account, Michael E. Mann, and you can see the nasty tweets that he sends at anybody that questions him. He whips up mobs. He's got friends who run Wikipedia pages. They are editors at Wikipedia in the climate science realm. And they they delete stuff. They yeah, they, they hide things from people so you can't see it all. They malign people. So Michael Mann sues Mark Stein, National Review, Rand Simberg, and where he was writing, I think it was called the Competitive Enterprise Institute back in 2012. National Review maintained that Stein was simply offering his opinion, that opinion is protected by the First Amendment, and that it was posted by a non-employee to boot. He is not an employee of National Review. Both National Review and CEI were removed from the case in 2021, although after this victory, Mann's attorneys say they're going to go after National Review and CEI again. In a 2012 email, Michael Mann wrote that he hoped to use the lawsuit to, quote, ruin Mark Stein whom he referred to as a pathetic excuse for a human being. End quote. Mann also wrote in private exchanges that there was a, quote, possibility that I can ruin national review, which he referred to as, quote, this filthy organization, a threat to our children, and beholden to greedy fat cat corporate masters. The attorney for Rand Simberg said it was ludicrous To claim that a post by him, some internet blogger who nobody has heard of, had any impact on man's reputation in his uh, scholarly community, in the scientific world, or in his neighborhood. And his attorneys presented no evidence or witnesses to back up their claims that the blog posts by Simberg and Stein were in any way responsible for a drop in his grant funding, which he alleged, which by the way... They, Mark Stein then challenged that because it turns out the data that they produced and showed the jury of all of the decline in the grants wasn't accurate. They had inflated the costs associated with the grants, the values of the grants. And then they had to correct themselves, but they, want, but they did it outside the presence of the jury. It's like it was a complete circus. Mark Stein says, I compared the Penn State investigation into Michael Mann with the Penn State investigation into Sandusky because it's a valid comparison at a corrupt institution run by a corrupt president. And he mocked Michael Mann's claim that receiving a mean look from a shopper at a Wegmans supermarket was evidence that he had been harmed by the blog posts. Quote, we don't know whether the guy who gave him a mean look, as he put it, did so because he reads Rand Simberg or because man cut him off in the parking lot. We don't know whether he shot that mean look because he reads Mark Stein or because man beat him to the last avocado. And he's exactly right. But the jury didn't see it that way. They do plan to appeal. Pete calendar here. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it. Happy president's day. Um, Climate scientist Michael Mann wins his defamation lawsuit against Mark Stein and Rand Simberg. The punitive damages would seem to be the most vulnerable part of the judgment. So the jury on Thursday awarded Mann nominal compensatory damages of $1 against each defendant. But then they added punitive damages... Against each of the defendants, Mark Stein and Rand Simberg, Stein got hit with a million dollars and Simberg with a thousand dollars, even though it was Simberg who made the more egregious and defamatory statements. And I suspect that Stein got nailed with the million dollar fine because he had filled in for Rush Limbaugh, because he had been a guest on Fox News, because he was an icky Trump supporting deplorable I suspect that's what the jury in Washington, D.C. decided, why they decided on a million dollars. But this, this is what makes it um, vulnerable on appeal. Under existing Supreme Court precedent, excessive punitive damages violate due process. So, for example, in a case called BMW of North America versus Gore... The court held that a punitive damage award of 2 million dollars was excessive given that the plaintiff had only been awarded 2000 dollars in compensatory damages. Right, so to repay you, to, to compensate you for the damages to repay you, the compensatory damages were 2 grand. But then they timesed that by 1000 and came up with a punitive damage award of 2 million. And the Supreme Court said too much, a thousand to one ratio, too much. And it could not be justified, even considering the extent to which the defendant had engaged in egregious conduct. Now, there is some question, according to Reason.com, whether BMW, uh, this case, would continue to attract a majority of the court today, because the original decision was five to four. And it was largely the liberal wing of the Supreme Court at the time, Justice Stevens, joined by O'Connor, Kennedy, Souter, and Breyer. Those in dissent were Rehnquist, Ginsburg, Thomas, and Scalia. So they're kind of it's it's kind of split along different lines than just a straight up you know liberal conservative lines because you got Ginsburg with uh, Clarence Thomas and Scalia right. Nonetheless. This ruling is binding on the lower courts. So, while uh, Michael E. Mann prevailed at trial, the proceedings also unearthed some slimy conduct on his part, including his disparagement of scientists with whom he disagrees and behind-the-scenes efforts that he engaged in to suppress articles by scientists that he didn't like. Like, this is how they corrupted the climate sciences. When people disagreed with them, they shut them down. They ridiculed them. They mocked them. They spread rumors about them. They made them pariahs. The very thing that Michael Mann claims a blog post did to him, he has spent 20 years doing to other scientists. And all of this came out of trial. They were reading emails. And this was well known. I've got the report from Judith Curry that he slandered, um, Accusing her of sleeping her way to the top because she was critical of his work, the hockey stick chart—this, this, you know, famous graph—the um, way he manipulated and tortured the data, to quote Rand Simberg, made it appear that the the uh, findings were more certain. Then the data actually proved. In other words, it underestimated the uncertainty of the data. And this is where you start getting... And they went into this, too, at the trial. It went on for, like, two weeks. And what uh, Judith Curry testified was that, in her opinion, the hockey stick has generated a dynamic and heated debate about its significance and its flaws. Since its publication, man's hockey stick has been the subject of intense comment and argument All over the place, peer-reviewed scientific publications, um, analysis, published books, uh, blogs, articles, congressional hearings and investigation, and personal controversy surrounding Michael Mann and his efforts to defend his graph and to stymie his critics. She says it's her opinion that it's reasonable to have referred to the hockey stick as fraudulent in the sense that aspects of it are deceptive and misleading, like image falsification... Where he concealed there's a thing called the divergence problem, where because they were looking at tree rings, he took tree rings and they were like, Oh, these tree rings will show us what the temperatures were in 1400. Slight problem. The tree rings don't line up to data that we have from 1960 through the present. So, in other words, you're using this standard to say, Ah, the tree rings tell us the temperature, but the tree rings don't tell us the temperature now. Well, how do you explain for then the divergence? in the temperatures as they relate to the tree rings. And so they they just omit that. Cherry picking. Evidence shows that man engaged in selective data cherry picking to create the hockey stick, and that this cherry picking contributes to the perception of a fraudulent hockey stick. And then there was also data falsification. Not to mention the downward spiral of climate science discourse. She blames on him that the level of discourse among scientists has deteriorated in this field, in civility and professionalism, and man has played a significant and active role in this corrosion and unprofessional degradation of tone. His approach to public discourse about his work and broader topics has contributed much to the hostility and animosity that characterize and mark these exchanges." his attempts to stifle skepticism, his attacks on scientists who disagree with him have all contributed to this. I've got all of these links too. I mean, it's just, it's amazing that the jury can sit there, listen to this testimony, listen to um, the evidence presented. They brought in a, 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 a statistics professor and He walked through how uh, they call it a P hack. And I'm not going to get into the details on it, but uh, this is it's how data gets corrupted and how you draw the wrong conclusions. And that's what was done in the hockey stick. And he explains all of this stuff. And yet still the jury says, no, no, we we, give him a million dollars. So they will appeal it. It will go to the Supreme Court. It could go to the Supreme Court if they'll hear it. Not sure where. I have no idea. I don't make those types of predictions. But this BMW case and the defamation and the penalties that are way higher than the damages actually suffered, there's a connection to Trump. I'll get to that next hour.